not the Y, just the J, the Josh show for today. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys had a good weekend, guys and gals. Another week in the National Football League, and indeed, we're all very much excited. Bunch of great games, guys. Um, Once again, If uh, you're tuning in for the first time, if you're listening to us for the first time, if you're a returning listener, thank you very much. We appreciate it. We do this for fun. Unfortunately, Yanko couldn't join me today. He has a a few things lined up at work. Some of his responsibilities of jobs. But here we are. Week three is almost on the books. We have a matchup pending, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles. Always tends to be, uh, anytime you face a division rival, all bets are off, right? A lot of football. We're going to do, do this thing, the same thing we did last year. Hope uh, last year, <laughs> last week. Uh, hope you enjoyed last week. It's a, it's a little hard, obviously, with the fellows not being here, but we're going to make the most out of this. A quick recap of the NFL week at the beginning of this pod. Then we'll focus our attention on some quick hits, fantasy football news. A big one just dropped today. Well, if you consider that big. And I'll cover that right now. And we're going to talk about Chucos, the the Chuco Boys League. We're also going to be talking about the FFF towards the end of the pod. And, of course, a preview of what's in store in week four. So let's get to it, guys. We start um, in no particular order, nor no nor no particular uh, order here. Let me just set up my computer here because it's kind of being a little weird. And there we go. So we start off Thursday night football with what I had said. I'm pretty sure a lot of you thought the same. A snoozer of a game between the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. And just as expected, perhaps, Carolina walks away with a huge victory. And I say huge, why? Because they're 3-0. They are 3-0, whether you believe it or not. They handled the Texans. Texans were playing a rookie quarterback, Mills, who, of course, is uh, filling in for Mr. Tyrod Taylor, who's out, out in IR, 
How long this experiment will last, we do not know. We do know, however, from what we saw that the Texans have been play hard for the coach, for the coaching staff. And that's always a plus. So they fall to the to the to the Carolina Panthers, a final score, of course, being uh I don't know why my computer's crapping out. 24 to 9. Sorry about that. 24 to 9. Not much to review, although CMAC did go down. Uh, there's been some preliminary reports for all those fantasy peeps out there. It seems that he's not headed to IR. They're probably going to look at this from week to week, but we start to see another strong showing from Sam Darnold. He made some key throws. If uh, you're a Jets fan, perhaps you might be a little angry, pissed off at the fact that you guys had Sam Darnold and incompetent coaching and incompetent talent around him. Maybe he didn't flourish, but we can say one thing. He's flourishing under Matt Rule and this Carolina Panthers team. Again, they dispatched the, the Texans 24 to nine. Crazy, not a crazy game, not a crazy outcome, but wouldn't you know, Carolina's three and zero. Now we go to, again, I'm not going to go in any particular order. I'm just going to throw it at, at, as we go. Uh, the next game, Tennessee Titans versus the Colts. The Colts were visiting the Titans in a division game. Division game is obviously super important. And what did we see? Final score being 25-16. I continue to not preach, but mention to this, if you guys are fans of this pod or have listened have been listening to us. I again had a pretty, not pretty low expectations, but I thought this Carson Wentz uh, fiasco wasn't going to end well with the Colts. I'm not questioning his ability. I just don't believe in the guy. I'm not, I already beat a dead horse. I'm not going to mention it again. Something that's, that stands out for me is again, Carson Wentz goes 19 to 37. 194 passing yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So it seems to be that this guy was going to flourish. And so far, he has not done so. He has a lot of weapons on offense. He has a very competent running attack in the form of Jonathan Taylor, Neon Himes, uh, and receiving as well. He has great receivers, although T.Y. Hilton's still on the shelf in, in IR, but he has Michael Pittman. He has Hines that catches a lot out of the backfield. And he has Pascal. And I can go on and on and on. Paris Campbell, something's off with the Colts, and it is Carson Wentz. The Titans, of course, displayed more of their offense. Tannehill with a couple of interceptions he threw. They have very similar stats. The only difference was that Ryan Tannehill was able to connect on three touchdowns for the game. And we saw King Henry again do his thing. I don't know if you guys caught that replay of how he trucked, trucked, Darius Leonard, one of the highest rated linebackers. That was insane. YouTube it, see it on Twitter or whatever your platform is. Derrick Henry is a grown man playing amongst boys. Not much that cat comes out of, out of uh, the receiving, but the Titans were able to salvage uh, a much needed uh, victory in the sense of dispatching their division rival. Colts fall to 0-3. The Titans improved to two and one in a final score of 25 to 16. We then proceed with another snoozer of a game. 
And if you're a fan of this uh, of these teams, I feel sorry for you. And secondly, the only real reason why you should tune into this is maybe for fantasy implications. What game am I referring to? The 0-2 Atlanta Falcons are, were facing the 0-2 New York football giants at the Meadowlands. And what ended up happening here? That was a boring, boring matchup. I'm not going to go into it all that much. All I got to say is just the Falcons made the most out of this situation. And they kicked a, a last, uh, you could say not a last minute, but a last second field goal perhaps. <clears throat> to dispatch the Giants, the Falcons avoid going 0-3, and they salvage this victory. They improve to 1-2. Not much in the offense other than Cordell Patterson apparently is having some kind of crazy emergence uh, in the backfield and in the receiving. And that's all I'm going to say from that. Kyle Pitts is still missing in action. There's a lot of things to figure out in Atlanta, but Atlanta, at least for this game, was better than New York. And we're, I'm going to touch base a little bit about these New York teams that are pretty pitiful. But we shall see what unfolds. At least of this game, the Falcons dispatched the Giants. 17-14 was a final score. And again, for fantasy purposes, not much going on. Although I might argue or I might say this was probably the, I'm not going to say resurgence, but it was a definite comforting performance from Saquon Barkley, especially if you drafted him in the first round. He had 16 carries, 51 yards. He did score a rushing touchdown, and he did catch out of the backfield. Uh, had six receptions for 43 yards. So not exactly what we were accustomed to seeing from Saquon, but at least training upwards. Not much to say because it was a pretty pitiful Atlanta defense as well, but nonetheless... Falcons dispatched the Giants, 17 to 14. Now we move ahead in a very interesting matchup. And let me just illustrate to, the, to this to you guys. Maybe I'll mention it in, the, in next week's pod. But my wife plays a pick'ems, a pick'ems at work. Obviously, what is a pick'em? You pick the winner, and then you tally up Monday night football game, the total score, and that'll be the tiebreaker if it comes down to that. I saw this coming. Um, not surprising. Some people did too. <clears throat> Chargers and Chiefs. That's why I say this because I picked in her pickums for the Chargers to upset the Chiefs at Arrowhead. And that's exactly what happened. It was a, a high-flying game between two very good quarterbacks in the form of Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And we saw a very sloppy Kansas City team. And this is, this, is, this is what I see with KC. Now, if you guys remember, I'm not going to go crazy here. We're not even one-fourth of the season yet. But I did see a certain decline in Kansas City one, in some way, shape, or form. Kansas City is a very talented team. They retooled their offensive line. They, quote-unquote, attempted to do a weakness of last year's Super Bowl final matchup to a strength this year by retooling the offensive line. However, it's the defense that has not shown up. And Patrick Mahomes does a lot of Patrick Mahomes things in the sense that he lives in the pocket. 
he rolls out, he extends plays, he does terrific, uh, terrific throws throughout. However, this sort of caught up to it. And what ended up happening here? The Chargers defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, before I continue making points here, I just want to say that we have a special appearance from the man itself. Mr. Yanko, I know you're at work. I know you wanted to tune in a little bit to, to chime in. How you doing, bro? What's cracking? Bow, 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 bow. I have made an appearance. Yeah. So uh, first and foremost, to all the Yanko elites. See what I did there? Wow. Uh, I wanted I wanted to uh, jump on at least for a little bit, man. Uh, these last two weeks, I have been working. Uh, right now, I got a little bit of a break uh, before I have to go back. So I will try to get in as much content as I can. Uh, before I get called, texted, or anything to come back. However, uh, I did want to make an appearance. Uh, you did a great job yesterday. Uh, two weeks of solo fellow podcasters uh, just couldn't just didn't cut it for me, man. So even if this is a small appearance, I am in. I don't I don't know what you've talked about yet. So I'm just gonna uh, chime in. Uh, so I, think I, I had just started kind of going over the action that, that occurred, Yinko. I'm actually sitting right now in the Kansas City uh, Chargers game. So chime in. I don't know if you caught that game. I don't know if you if you had any takeaways from this game. Uh, so if you want to chime in, by all means. So if I uh, just go over many points, uh, some points that you have talked about already, uh, I want to tell the listeners, I'm sorry, but here we go. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the signing of Josh Gordon today kind of shows me that the, they're desperate to overcome the faults in their defense. The Kansas City Chiefs are a high scoring. We've seen that. Uh, they can put up some numbers, but it's turnovers that have killed them. They win that, but they win that ball game last week if uh, Edwards Alaire doesn't fumble. Uh, it's hard for any good defense or any great defense to overcome the amount of turnovers that. Uh, happened last week, or not last week, uh, yesterday, uh, against the Chargers, interceptions, fumbles, and again, and Edwards Alaire was uh, one of those guys. So you're putting a lot of pressure on your offense. Uh, so much pressure that I think Coach Andy Reid ended up in the hospital yesterday as a precautionary measure. Uh, I was able to catch Coach Gruden's uh, presser today, and uh, he sent his uh, well wishes to Coach Reid but uh, the reason I bring that up is because Coach Rudin said, look, uh, this is a stressful job. And he said he's blessed to be able to handle it well. I think every coach goes through that. And you called it, Josh. You called it that the, that the Chiefs might have had a Super Bowl hangover. And at, sitting at one and two, uh, I think it was predicted that the Raiders would be at one and two at most and not uh, them at the bottom of the AFC West, which just uh, turning out to be uh, beneficial for the teams around them, right? Uh, the Chiefs need a defense. I, and I don't know where it's, where they're lacking. I don't know why they're lacking. Uh, I think their teams have finally caught up and the Chiefs uh, are struggling, are struggling. And a lot of these fancy throws, the After what happened there, you go. There we go. You got, you got cut off. Uh, by Asante Samuel Jr., that's how old I am. I know I saw Sante Samuel. So Yanko, I don't know if you're having some some issues there. 
uh, the your audio is coming in and out. Uh, I believe the last thing I heard was Asante Samuel, but I know you were breaking down the the, the game a little. Uh, so more of the same. I know you did mention the demise of the Chiefs that I mentioned that uh, for, for this time. Uh, so it's still very early in the season, guys, but I just want to say, and this is something that I've always said about the Chiefs other than the Super Bowl run. They're very beholden of Patrick Mahomes to extend plays and to at live in the pocket. And that's fine. He's athletic. He's very talented. He has a crazy rocket of an arm and can throw in all these weird angles. He has already a lot of offensive weapons. But let's not forget that this team has invested heavily on defense. And defense has come up short huge in this uh, in this year. And Patrick is turning the ball over more often than not, whether it be by quarterback, him throwing interceptions, or Hilaire fumbling. They ran the ball a little bit better this time against uh, San, uh, the Chargers. I was going to say San Diego, but it seems that they still have a lot figuring out. And Yanko did mention what happened to Reed. And of course, we we wish Reed uh, recovery. It was maybe just a stress, a precautionary measure. Nothing else has rolled out. But it seems that we have you back, Yanko. Are you there? I am. And I am. I don't know where I cut off, but everything you just said, you just said it a lot more eloquently than I did. Uh, they're dependent on Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is used to getting away with these passes that are back foot, no look passes that are getting cute. But at the same time, how long do you go uh, running that that type of play without the NFL catching up to you? And I think that's exactly what's happening. The NFL is catching up to the Chiefs and they're still a good team. I still think they're a solid team. I don't want to overreact three weeks in because yeah, if course. I were an overreactor, I'd overreact to the fact that the Raiders are 3-0. I've overreacted exactly. to that. To the Broncos being three and zero, I overreact to the Denver Donkeys. I'd overreact to the Bucks losing yesterday. But fact of the matter is that there's still adjustments. There's still things to be had uh, in many divisions. I mean, and my I think the only overreaction I'm gonna have, and I don't mean to get off course, is the Seahawks being one and two. That's in a strong NFC West. I think that's that's the team that I'm I worry about a little bit more uh, than anything else uh, or any, so any other. Th- there is there in it lies the context, right? And again, we don't want to get hung up on this game. Um, it's a big matchup next week, setting up for week four, the conclusion of week four, because the Las Vegas Raiders travel to SoFi Stadium to face the LA Chargers for, you can say, not supremacy of the AFC West because the Broncos are playing the Ravens next week. We'll get into that right now, but it was definitely a great game to watch. And it'll, it continues to paint a much better picture as we proceed forward. So let's go to the next game, Yanko. Go ahead. Let me say this. It's the second home of the Raiders. Every time there's a heavy LA presence. That is correct. Yeah. The Charger fans are pretty sorry. Anyways, Bengals and Steelers. Uh, Bengals dismantle the Steelers 24 to 10. Bengals improve to two and one. Steelers fall to one and two. What are your takeaways from this game, Yanko? Fellow AFC North rivals. You hear that? That's Big Ben. I am assuming that's Big Ben. Yep. Yep. Man, he looks old. He looks tired. He should have retired with Pouncey uh, when he left. Uh, It's easy to point blame at Big Ben because he's the quarterback. And I think every NFL franchise. Uh, one of the main faces, if not the only face, is the quarterback, and he just doesn't look right, man. Uh, 
the defense is there. I think it hurts that TJ Watt isn't playing for them. I think it hurts that uh, they lost a couple of players uh, on their defensive side, but on the offensive side, Juju isn't the same Juju ever after AB left. We've talked about that. I think there's something to say about uh, the offensive line. Uh, be it may, we were able to see them a little more than I often see the Steelers because uh, last week we were able to see them against the Raiders and their offensive line just didn't hold up. And that's something that is essential for an older quarterback. Not everyone's Tom Brady. And you know what? The Bengals came in uh, to Steel City and showed uh, that the fountain of youth in this case with Jamar and Joe Burrow and their picks uh, just proved to be more than what the Steelers could handle. So the Steelers aren't looking like the 11 and 0 team uh, that was there last year. I agree with what you said. I think this is a bigger problem uh, regarding Pittsburgh. It's a very strong organization. They always tend to have contingency plans and their coaching. It's a very stable environment. All I got to say is Pittsburgh still has not figured out how to run the ball. And, and this problem stemmed since last year. And, and it's not to say that Najee can run the ball, but for a offense to be successful at running the ball and passing the ball, they have to have obviously a very good offensive line or a decent offensive line. So you've got a lot two of, problems, right? A lot of people retired. Oh. A lot of people left. Uh, I'm not saying Big Ben is not the issue here. He does look a little erratic and a little old. It's all those hits he take, took also, man, in his career. Let's yeah. not forget he's a big dude, but he always would overextend the play. And right after he would launch the ball, he would get punished. He would get hit. Look at Cam Newton. So all of these mm-hmm. things seem to be catching up to the Steelers. I would say the inadequacy is for the Steelers not to have a, a successor to Big Ben. They don't. You think so? We have Dwayne Haskins. You, you could have drafted. This isn't just this year. You maybe saw a little bit decline in the previous years with Big Ben, but it seems that the Pittsburgh organization was gun-ho in bringing Big, Big Ben back, and now they're paying the consequences because the rest of the AFC North has finally caught up to the Steelers. The Ravens are great. The Browns are great. The Bengals are showing glimpses of what they could be with Joe Burrow. So now it is what it is, right? So you think that, it was. Uh, <clears throat> you think that the Steelers are are kind of they are one of the greater organizations, but it feels to me like they're fumbling the quarterback position. I feel like with this past draft, there was a slate of quarterbacks that they could have picked up instead of Najee and, and first, or maybe traded up for and kind of used this year as a rebuilding year to be contention in contention next year. So I think they just delayed the window unless they have someone who they have in mind that's coming up in this upcoming draft. I don't know, man, you but to learn? even, even when the big Ben, even when the Steelers were the Steelers to me, they're again, they're a great organization. I'm not hating on them, but they underachieved. They had terrific yeah. weapons in the form when big Ben was, was big Ben. They had Antonio Brown. They the had Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they had a great, always have had a good defense, and they underachieved every single time when playoff when playoffs came about. So, it, uh, if I were a Pittsburgh fan, I wouldn't be. You know, there's stability, but I wouldn't feel too. What, what would be the word? Too induced on how the season's gonna go, because it seems that Pittsburgh is not the Pittsburgh that we knew, and that Buffalo victory 
was maybe an aberration. So I we shall see how that unfolds. No, and and I honestly, I think we covered it, but I didn't see Pittsburgh making playoffs this year, to be honest with you. But no. that's neither here nor there. So we go to another matchup, Yanko, um, a fellow AFC North, a team, the Browns and the Bears. It was a Miles Garrett coming out party. Uh, the Browns dispatched the Bears twenty six to six. Quick takeaways from this game. I heard a stat this morning from some of the sports uh, talk shows and their total number of yards offensively was like, I think under 40 or at 45, something like that. But if you take away, like they would pass, let's say, I think they passed for like 47 or had 47 total yards. But if you remove the yardage that they lost on sacks, it was something ridiculous, like a single digit. And if you started the Browns defense in fantasy, you were hitting high and you're scoring because I think at least in the FFF, they sat on no one's bench. They were on waivers and then they scored 25 points uh, this, this week. The Bears, Nagy already came out and said today that they're going to evaluate starting Dalton Bowles or uh, their rookie QB for next year i mean next year next week so there's some stability at the qb position and i think it's just growing pains man i mean it's of a guy that you didn't prep because of injury at just it's justin fields the answer maybe but he wasn't on sunday uh the birds are going to struggle and after yesterday's performance of uh green bay uh, looking like they are or who they who we thought they would be, it's going to be hard for them to make a case in their division if they struggle like QB. Inadequacy to me regarding Chicago. Uh, we had talked about this too. Nagy and Ryan Pace, in my eyes, had to have been fired the start of this year or that the conclusion of last year. Nagy saved his, his neck when they made playoffs with Mitchell Trubisky last year. They don't have an identity. They don't have a plan. It seems that they already figured, they already knew that they had offensive line issues. Andy Dalton's injury happened. Bears are always going to play good defense, but this year they're putting the, they're setting up the kid for failure, and we saw that. The stats are just there's nothing to say here. Justin Fields completed six pass out of twenty. He made twenty six attempts in this game, and he only completed six of them. And he threw for sixty eight yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions, but did get sacked at an, at an alarming rate. And if I'm not mistaken, it was nine sacks, nine sacks. So no time, no time for, for fields. I would say this, Managi was already on the hot seat and so was Pace. But if you lose to the Lions next week, which is a very real Ooh. possibility, yep, they might fire Nagy by the time they face the Raiders in two weeks from now. It's not, a, it's not a pretty situation. It's not. And the Browns did the Browns. They ran the ball well with Kareem Hunt and with Chubb. Uh, Baker Mayfield did okay. I mean, at, at one point, at halftime, it was 10 to 3. And then yeah. the third and the fourth quarter came, and the Browns really didn't have to do much. They, they just didn't turn over the ball. They did what they had to do, and they just handled business. I think the Bears have a good defense. And what you ended up seeing was a tired defense in the second half. They just got gas, man. So the Browns handle the Bears. Browns obviously improved to two and one, and the Bears fall to one and two. 
Another crazy match, and records are meant to be broken. And that was the case in the Ravens and Lions matchup. The Ravens defeat the Lions on a last-second field goal, uh, 19-17. to Ravens improve to 2-1, and and the Lions fall to 0-3. Takeaways from this game, Yanko, if any. Impressive, the field goal, absolutely. Uh, the record before that, I think, was 63-yarder. Seabass uh, actually in Denver tied that record, uh, I want to say, eight, nine years ago, uh, give or take. But to hit a 66-yarder is uh, an amazing feat. Uh, it bounced in, basically, right? It hit the post, the bottom post, and then hit the back of the net. Uh, so Correct. awesome. But what's even more impressive was Lamar Jackson converting on a fourth and 19 to set them up for that field goal. Now it takes poise. It takes, you know, a playmaker. It takes uh, to overcoming a, a lot of obstacles. And it's no, it's no uh, lie that the Ra- the Ravens have lost significant players to injury uh, as the season started and has progressed. However, uh, to be able to come up clutch in uh, wins like those, I mean, Hey, they're a little bit away from being three and all themselves. If, if it isn't for the crazy Monday night uh, against the Raiders. So the Ravens are, I think someone to, to reckon with, and that's no short cry for the lions. I think Campbell has them coached up. I think they're just getting used to each other. They had the Ravens on the ropes. Uh, they lost a close one in week one. And the Lions are doing, I think, fairly well uh, with Goff and company. So uh, you're absolutely right when it came to the Bears and Lions upcoming this week. I don't think it's a walk in the park for the Bears. And then for this game uh, upcoming, I mean, for this game yesterday, uh, it's definitely a morale boost for the Ravens. And it puts them uh, right up there at the top of the division. If there's anything to say about this game is that the Lions are the best 0-3 team. That's all I'm going to say. Certainly. Uh, I guess I'll touch more base on that. So we now jump to the the slate of the afternoon game. So there's still a couple here, but Saints and Patriots. The Saints traveled after a horrific loss last week with Carolina, and they face a, a Patriots team that just thumped the Jets. The Saints handle it. <clears throat> extremely well at Foxborough. They end up defeating the Patriots 28 to 13 saints improved to two and one and the Patriots fall to one and two. And they have a huge Sunday night game looming for next week. What's going to happen. I'm not sure, but what were your takeaways regarding this uh, saints and Patriots game? Growing pains by uh, a rookie quarterback. I think he had three total interceptions. Uh, you lose one of your playmakers, uh, to an indisclosed amount of time now to injury. I think the uh, White, the running back, White. Uh, is out mm-hmm, for a while. And then you had a Saints team that is trying to pull it together, a Saints team that is in the division with the Bucks that is really uh, contentious between them and Carolina, who's 3-0, and and is a bounce-back game, a good win for, for the Saints. Uh, Jameis keeps giving us content. If you saw the pregame, uh, their linebacker, Davis, is trying to hype them up. And, you know, instead of beating W's, Jameis is uh, being an easygoing, uh, and with all due respect, I'll say this, uh, a clown. And that's just his personality. And I think it's good to have that type of personality so you don't uh, bend under pressure as easily. For the Patriots, uh, growing pains for for a rookie quarterback. And, you know, all he can do is get better. So my takeaway from that is 
uh, it's, it is as expected. The Saints are a more seasoned team than the Patriots, and the Patriots, uh, will, I'm sure, will have Patriot ways. It doesn't get easier for them because, as you said, they play the Bucks next, right? Mr. Goat is not feeling too good after a – I think that game's going to get ugly, but I'll touch base with it yeah. right now. Uh, so Saints are, are winning with defense. Not necessarily with Jameis Winston. They're not putting him – you know, such in the pedestal of Drew Brees, they're de very dependent on defense and the Patriots just going to have to figure it out with Mac Jones. We now go to uh, not a crazy game. It was close for a little bit, but the Cardinals visiting the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cardinals defeat the Jaguars. Final score, 31-19. Cardinals uh, improved to 3-0. and Jacksonville falls to 0-3. More growing pains, kind of with what you said right now, but uh, takeaways from this game, Yanko. It was surprisingly close right about halftime. I didn't see the game, but I, it was a close game coming into halftime, and it just looked like uh, in the second half, the Cardinals uh, were able to uncork and unwind and just be the Cardinals. Uh, same thing as the Patriots game, man. Growing pains for Trevor Lawrence. He threw a horrible interception towards the end. They did see that highlight back foot what he would get away with uh, at Clemson in college. And, and it's not going to bode well in the NFL. Not in the NFL. At the end. Yeah, man. And uh, you've got a first-year quarterback with the first-year coach. They finally highlighted Robinson in their offensive attack. So uh, you can tell that they're trying to make adjustments and trying to set things up. Uh, they had a record tying 106-yard kickoff return off a field goal. I don't know how you would say it. Six. A kick six, well coined. Uh, but, you know, that was kind of a game that is to be expected from the Cardinals-Jaguars. Not a lot of pizzazz. Uh, the result is what, is what it should be, uh, setting up both teams uh, for, and I'm gonna, when I say both teams, I say Rams-Cardinals this upcoming weekend, and that's going to be a good one. Rams-Cardinals, that's, that's a, a must-watch. Indeed. Growing pains, if you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, just patience. Patience is, is, the, is the key there, and you gotta, you're going to have to have a whole bunch of it for this season. Next game, we, we continue on, with, we, we continue on with, uh, with the next matchup. The Washington football team, of course, travel to, to Buffalo. And again, maybe in these next uh, segments, Yanko's going to be in and out. He's currently obviously here at work handling his late duties. But Washington football team versus the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo just stomped on, on the Washington football team. I got to say that the staple of the Washington football team is that defense. And that defense was nowhere to be found versus the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen had a terrific, terrific game. Uh, he's obviously one of the top tier quarter, top tier young quarterbacks of this upcoming season and, and from last season too, he threw for 358 yards and he, and he threw four touchdowns, a heck of a game for him. Two of them actually were caught by Emmanuel Sanders, one from Dawson Knox and the other one from Zach Moss. It seems that they're still struggling a little bit with running the ball, but the Buffalo bills definitely the patch, the, the Washington football team. And this is going to be again, the, the mantra here, Washington football team still trying to figure out an identity. Taylor Heineke threw two, two interceptions. He did throw for two touchdowns. 
One of them was a was a a catch catch and uh, a pass and catch and run basically by Antonio Gibson that that walked in. But Buffalo handled business, so they improve to two and one, and the Washington football team falls to one and two. We go to a next game, and this was also a snoozer, and a lot of people maybe called it before anything happened. The New York Jets traveled to the Mile High City of Denver to face the Broncos. And once again, the Broncos had a strong uh, performance defensively. They did enough offensively. I know they're ravaged by a few injuries here and there. Hamler's out for the receivers, out for the rest of the season. But Teddy Bridgewater did enough. So the, the Broncos defeat the Jets. 26 to zero and Yanko mentioned it a little bit right now. The same issue that perhaps Lawrence is having is uh, the same thing, perhaps regarding Mr. Zach, Mr. Zach Wilson. He seems to want to at live also, but he's realizing quickly that a lot of things, a lot of plays that you did in college doesn't fly in the NFL. And he again, through, Two picks, another horrific performance. And once again, the Jet fans are going to have to be <laughs> patient. They have a first-year head coach. They have a rookie a, a rookie uh, quarterback. They have a lot of new pieces, but the Broncos handle it beautifully. And we had also mentioned here, right, that the Broncos are a very talented team. They just need a competent play from the quarterback, and they're getting precisely that with Teddy Bridgewater. What say you, Yanko? You know what? It's It's – Hard to see, and I think the, the measuring stick of success isn't equal across the league, and I say that because I think there's more of attention towards a losing effort on the Jets than it is the, the other rookie quarterbacks, right? So do the Patriots get a little bit more leeway? Yeah, because they've won a game. Better coaching? Most certainly. Do the Jaguars get a little bit more leeway? leeway? Yeah, because – their coach is, I guess, more experienced or has a bigger light on him and popularity and history. And Trevor Lawrence, I mean, number one overall pick, doesn't get as much shade as uh, the Jets do. And the fact of the matter is that 0-3 is still 0-3 as much as 3-0 is still 3-0. And to sound repetitive would be uh, not necessarily something I'm trying to point out, but I think the Jets are, are struggling because – all of the same factors Jacksonville is, all of the same factors uh, that any team with a new head coach and a new quarterback, especially a rookie one, is going through. I don't expect a lot of offense from the Jets solely because Robert Sala is a defensive-minded guy. The head coach for the Jets should be, I think the defense should show more for the Jets, but I don't catch a lot of Jets game, but I'll tell you what, man, New York football, both Giants and Jets are a total 0-6, so... Ouchtown, if you live in New York, man. Yeah, man. There's not much to say there. It is what it is. And for the Broncos, they can only control who's in their schedule. And the three teams <laughs> yeah. that they built, that they stomped on, they stomped on them. It was very uh, sure wins. And they, they're beating them the way that a, a, bad, a good team should beat a bad team. So kudos to the Donkeys. They go to 3-0. and We're going to start to see the AFC West start to – play each other and obviously as the season progresses so we're going to start to see the the boys separated or the men separated from the boys so we go on the broncos 
quick note on the Broncos donkeys is wide receiver Hamlin goes down to injury too. So yeah, I did, yeah. I did catch and that. And Judy out. And mentioned that actually, it, sorry. Uh, the uptick for Sutton, for Sutton, Fant, and I don't even know who they, else they have left uh, at receiver. Uh, their value and their stock goes up. Correct. So and now we go to a next have- game, Yanko, that is near and dear to our heart. And I'm sure you've lost a couple of more years of your of your life. We go yeah. to the Miami Dolphins traveling to Las Vegas, to the Las Vegas Raiders, to the Death Star. Now, before we dive into this, last week I didn't want to kind of make it a Raider pod. I just kind of mentioned the quick takeaways. It's totally up to you what you want to do. All that I'm going to say before we unleash here is for whatever reason, just what the Steelers, what the Raiders are to the Steelers, for whatever reason, Raiders always play well against the Steelers, whether it be in whether it was in Oakland or in Vegas or in Pittsburgh. The Raiders are always seem to be some kind of thorn in the Steelers' way, although they don't play all that frequently. I gotta say, man, the Dolphins are that same thing to the Raiders for whatever reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. The the, the Dolphins always come to play when they face the Raiders. And that's not saying much because the Raiders haven't been well. Who can remember last year's game? Mm. I think it was either after Christmas or before Christmas. I'm not going to go into that. Really? I thought it was around Christmas. Ah, It was a Saturday game. It was a Saturday game. game, Yeah. So let's go through it. Dolphins. uh, They, the Raiders defeat the Dolphins. The Raiders improve to three and oh, the Dolphins fall to one and two. Final score, 31-28. Takeaways from this game, Yanko. I'm not going to lie to you and to whoever's listening. I've been listening to every sports cast, television, pod, as much as I could feed in uh, during work about this game. And there's highs and lows uh, to pro or con if you're a Raider fan. You and I are very active during uh, Raiders games. And... I think my, my ultimate takeaway is this. Every team, and first point is what you said, every team has a, a, another team that is a foe that you don't see often, but for some reason, the, the way they play each other is always contentious. That's the Dolphins. And I, I, you and I had talked off air before, during the week last week, that I was more afraid of Jacoby Brissett than I was Tua. Jacoby's been under in the league with the Patriots, with the Colts, and now on the Dolphins. So you have a more experienced seasoned quarterback than Tua. Secondly, it felt like they were playing for more than what the Raiders were. Like if the Raiders were okay with losing this game or it was a trap game, everyone has a trap game. Uh, if you're riding high and then you play someone that you're, you're supposed to beat and then you lose to that. The two-point conversion was a give me. I mean, the safety, not the two-point conversion. The safety was a give me. Uh, I think it's a completely different game with that. The tight end, uh, Monroe, was supposed to run a route that Derek thought he was going to get. He didn't. That's a pick six. Still on both, something you need to work on. And the Dolphins came to play. Look, Will Fuller was his first game back, and he should have been gotten pass interference on that team on that last throw, I think, with Abram. That would have sealed the game for the Dolphins. Carlson missing that field goal uh, to make it a nine-point game instead of an eight-point game. 
unacceptable. However, the Dolphins, we knew that Flores coaches up their defense. And their defense, I think, is taken for granted because they have a good secondary. They do have a good secondary, and they had a good they had a good pass rush with a rookie in number 15 uh, on their defensive line. All said, overall, 3-0 is still 3-0. I'll take a win like that any day. And you can bash on the Raiders as much as you want to bash on anyone else, but the Raiders are 3-0, and it helps. It helps the morale, it helps the culture, and it helps maturity. It exposed gaps, and at the game, at the beginning of the game, I texted uh, you, Josh, and said, "Why are the Raiders running so much?" If you sat Peyton Barber on your on your bench and you didn't start him, I don't think many people started him. But towards the end, he got some some yardage. Overall, I think Miami is better than what they looked yesterday, and I think the Raiders aren't are probably the weakest three and O team, uh, other than the Donkeys, because the Donkeys, I mean, they've played the people they should have played. The Raiders have an opportunity uh, to excel in a strong AFC West division. I don't think it's over yet, but they need to take these gimme games. They took it. They won it. Correct your mistakes. Move on because the next two couple of weeks, it just gets a little harder. Dolphins, I think they can give uh, everyone in, other than the Bills a run in their division. And I honestly think that Brissett is a little better than Tua. Don't be surprised if Brissett keeps starting. Wow. So for the first time ever, uh, Yanko, I'm going to disagree with you uh, in regards to the statement, not with everything that you said, but with the statement that you said about the Raiders being one of the weaker 3-0 teams. Uh, I, I took I, I took this. I, I, this was my takeaway, basically, from this game. And OK, let me just clarify. Weaker 3-0 teams from everyone who's still 3-0. Yeah. I, Other than the Broncos. I think I Carolina. I think Carolina is a week three or no two. I think the Raiders are better than the Broncos and the better than the Panthers. And I'm going to tell you why. Tell me. Tam, the Raiders again. Their their issue has never been offense. I we already have mentioned this, but for the second straight time or the two, the second time this season, the Raiders were in a hole with whatever you want to call it because the game was 14-0. And what ended up happening, yeah. yeah, it was that safety that you mentioned. But Carr, Carr brought this team back once again. And when the defense needed to make stops, they made stops. I told you right away that the two, the, the last two, uh, what was it? Offensive possessions in the fourth quarter uh, called by Gruden were crap. It was a terrible oh, way, absolutely. the terrible play calls that, that Gruden chimed into Carr. And there was two squandered opportunities to put this game away. But once again, this team shows resilience led by Carr. Why? Because they were on a hole. They were on the hole also with Baltimore 14-0. And of course, the defense needs to make stops. And that's the one key component that the Raiders did not have last year. This year that they do. True. We start to see the identity of Gus Bradley in, in, this, in this defense. And although everybody has injuries, so I'm not going to mention injuries because everybody in the NFL right now is going through injuries. But again, the Raiders were resilient. I'm not going to overreact and say that they're a contender because I want to see more. But this kind of victory goes a long way. And you and I have both witnessed this before in the MVP year that Carr had under Jack Del Rio. A lot of these games were the same. Not that I don't think this game was a coin flip. I really think that the 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 2016 season, a lot of the games were were coin flips because it required Carr to come back. 
and 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 Carr did it once again. And he's he's comfortable in that offense. Uh, Ruggs is stepping up finally. Brian Edwards, I have talked about that. Brian Edwards was mm-hmm. going to be huge. Waller caught the ball when he 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 made plays when he needed to. And once again, we see that when you involve Renfro, this is a godsend, man. Finally, oh, this Renfro. year the Raiders are starting to understand, utilize Gruden is is understanding what he needs to do in order to utilize Renfro to his capabilities. And except we saw that in display. He, except when he's hell-bent on going on for on fourth and one with a running game that hadn't gained the momentum yet. And that's my biggest problem, Josh, is sometimes Gruden will be his biggest obstacle. Yeah, and- I, I, it's true. I, but you know what? I mean, That's the other thing, too. It's the offensive line. The offensive line is still a work in progress. To me, it's a yep. downgrade from what we had last year, from the Raiders, what the Raiders yep. had last year. So it's going to require a lot of reshuffling. There's injuries on that on the on the offensive line as well. Tom Cable getting his his stuff together and, and coaching these guys up. Incognito's not playing. We can set a bunch of excuses, but for what they did, they handled it well. They they handle adversity once again. When the Dolphins seem to have this game on control in the first quarter, 14-0, Carr revved up the troops. The defense made stops when they needed to. And like you said, they improved to 3-0. and And I'll take the 3-0 and anytime. However, we're going to start to see, and it starts this upcoming Monday, when they face the Chargers, and they that's when we're really going to start to understand. It was a key victory against Baltimore. It was a key victory against Pittsburgh and Miami. And check this stat out, and it's it's not to ruffle anybody's feathers. The Raiders are the first team to start 3-0 and and defeated three opponents that last year had won mm-hmm. 10 games or more. How about that? Uh, quick notes. I have to step out. Uh, so I appreciate everyone listening while I've been in here. I may be able to jump in. Uh, two things. One, how the tables have turned between you and I, because now you're sounding more optimistic and I'm sounding <laughs> more pessimistic. And two, uh, when it comes to Raider fandom and uh, the Raiders in general, uh, I, I agree with you in regards to wanting to see more. I just think that uh, we're not, they haven't, I'll quote Derek Carr. They haven't played their best football yet. They haven't because they don't have Josh Jacobs yet. They don't, uh, they haven't opened up the playbook enough yet. I think uh, to feature Waller more, I think they could have featured him a little bit more yesterday I mean, they force-fed him on Monday night 19 times, and now it's digressed. If it's defensive play calling, if it's this or it's that, all I know is that 3-0 is 3-0, and I'm a, we'll see. Oh, and here's a, one more point. Uh, we may not be here next Monday because the Raiders game is on Monday. That is correct. We'll, we'll try to figure something out there, but yes, that we'll is correct. If the angle comes back, uh, then I'll keep going, but rest assured, fellow listeners, that you guys are in great hands uh, with Josh. And by the way, Los Chicharitos, I don't know why I, I have my reasons why I didn't start Stafford, but if I would have started Stafford and if it's and what's were candy and nuts, the world would be a better place. And today it's not a better place because I lost. Open for trades, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so See there Josh. is the, the, the closing uh, soliloquy of Yanko. Yanko, thank you for making the, the effort of, 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 uh, Chiming in on the pod, I know you're a busy man, and I know you told me you had some extracurricular activities regarding work that you have to attend to, some drama yeah. unfolding over there in the school district. So take care, stay well. I'm sure we'll we'll touch base again. We'll figure something out for the next week's spot, but we'll definitely be in touch. 
You got it. Peace, guys. So that was Mr. Yanko again chiming in. And, and yeah, guys, that, that's that's pretty much what I wanted to say regarding the Raiders. We now go to another another crazy game. The Seahawks travel to Minnesota to face the Vikings. The Vikings, that at that point, they were 0-2. The Seahawks were 1-1. One and, one, and Minnesota dispatched the Vikings. I'm, I'm sorry. Minnesota dispatched Seattle. Uh, final score there being 17-20. to 20. No Delvin Cook, no problem. Uh, Kirk Cousins continued to kind of air it out to his uh, very talented receivers. And that's what we saw. That's definitely what we saw. Madison run the ball well. And Seattle, again, these issues stem perhaps a little bit. They're more entrenched than just superficially. Very efficient game by Kirk Cousins. Threw for 323 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Again, Alexander Madison rushed the ball for 26 times, 112 yards. And Mr. Justin Jefferson had his coming out party thus far this season. Nine catches, 118 yards, and one touchdown. So definitely a must-needed win for Minnesota to avoid the dreaded 0-3. To be fair, guys, they should have won last week against the Cardinals if it wasn't for that last-second shank by their field goal or by the, the field goal by their kicker. It is what it is. The Vikings handle the the Seahawks so the Vikings go to one and two and Seattle goes to one and two and now we proceed with what we could say was a very anticipated game the Buccaneers traveled to SoFi to face the LA Rams and all I gotta say is Sean McVay is a very very happy man why well Matthew Stafford the reason why they bought, brought Matthew Stafford was this for this reason. Of course, this is, it's just not to win regular season games. Although Jared Goff did, did take the Rams, or not just Jared Goff, but the Jared Goff-led Rams did make it to a Super Bowl. But Sean McVay perhaps felt a little limited in some of the things he could do with Goff. And now he brings in Matthew Stafford. And wow. And once again, I got to say, if you're the stockholder of a one Cooper Cup receiver for the Rams, kudos for you, my friends. Matthew Stafford had a terrific game. Once again, proving perhaps to be an early MVP candidate along the likes of, in my opinion, Derek Carr and Kyler Murray, and of course, Tom Brady, although he lost a couple of notches here and there. But he goes for 27 of 38, 343 yards and four touchdowns for Matthew Stafford. And Cooper Cup. Nine catches, 96 yards, and two TDs. And Deshaun Jackson had that one bomb. He did catch the ball three times for 120 yards and one touchdown. So the Rams handled the Buccaneers. And, and it's nothing to take away from the Buccaneers. But definitely that defense that we saw last year is not the same defense this year. At least something's, something's going on. Perhaps they're not hungry. Very early to tell. But once again, in my opinion... Tom Brady's the GOAT, but the Buccaneers got where they were supposed to. Yes, in part because of Tom Brady, but because of that defense. So if they're going to be held or, or if they're going to be dependent on Tom Brady, I definitely think it's going to be a long season for the Buccaneers. Although this could be an NFC uh, championship rematch in the making. So a terrific game, terrific game for the, for the LA Rams. They handle the Buccaneers. The Rams improved to 3-0. The Buccaneers fall to 2-1. And, and I don't think that's the last time we're going to see these two teams. Uh, 
definitely has the makings for these two teams to uh, have a rematch in the playoffs. And we conclude with uh, the action of the NFL with a terrific game. The Green Bay Packers travel to Levi Stadium to face the San Francisco 49ers. And at first, it did seem that this was going to be a blowout. The Packers took a very commanding lead, 17-0. And right before the half, the 49ers knocked on the door. They did a, uh, well, we, nah, it wasn't really a quarterback sneak. It was a quarterback draw. And they intersect Jimmy Garoppolo out, Trey Lance in, Trey Lance in, walks, to the, walks in, in with a touchdown with a, a crazy block by uh, Mr. Trent Williams, left tackle of the 49ers. Catch that replay, guys. That was pretty crazy. And they, they close the gap 17-7 at the half. It was a very exciting second half. And we definitely got to say that this was the Mr. Rogers that we have grown accustomed of seeing. He made a lot of key throws throughout the game. And to the one, to the only, Devontae Adams. Besides Aaron Jones being a playmaker, at least in the receiving end, it seems that Mr. Adams is all Green Bay has. I know they have other weapons. They haven't really incorporated a lot of Robert Tanyan. Marquez Valdez-Scaldi did have uh, a touchdown uh, Alan Lazard had a one one big catch, and Jones has incorporated a lot in the passing game, but it was the Rodgers and Devontae Adams show. Devontae Adams had a monster game, 12 receptions, 132 yards, and one touchdown. Aaron Jones did have a rushing uh, touchdown, 19 carries, 82 yards, Mr. 915. And Rodgers ends the day with 23 out of 33, 261 yards, two touchdowns. And it was at late game heroic those last two key throws with 37 seconds to go and no timeouts that got Green Bay into field goal range and Mason Crosby with a go-ahead kick. The Green Bay Packers defeat the San Francisco 49ers 30-28. to And I feel that this is a definite, perhaps another one of those games that you're going to maybe encounter in the playoffs. Jimmy Garoppolo did make a couple of boneheaded uh, mistakes. However, he did enough. He rallied the truce when he needed to. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo, let's face it, he, he, he almost won the game for San Francisco. Uh, it was very, very, what, what can you say? The, the running attack was missing. The, the San Francisco, like a lot of teams, are currently ravaged by a lot of injuries. They don't seem to have a presence in the running attack. Trey Sermon did rush 10 times for 31 yards, and he did that that one touchdown. But if you got to – I don't know if it's saying much, but if you got to point something out here, the best fullback in the NFL currently right now is Kyle Chuszczyk. Wow. Uh, terrific play by Shanahan, kind of utilizing him all over the field. And that's why Shanahan, that's why McVay get paid a lot because they're offensive genius and they make the most of what they can – in regards to their player personnel. So the Packers handle it uh, 30 to 28. Like I mentioned uh, a lot of uh, it was a good, a good Sunday night game, the second straight Sunday night game. That is terrific. And it looms large for next Sunday night as well. Uh, like we mentioned today, or like I mentioned today, the Eagles and the Cowboys face off today, a Monday night game, a, a few short ticks away before that game happens. I'm sure if you have fantasy implications, you're going to tune in. If you're a fan of Cowboys, which a lot of you guys are, you're going to tune in. And if you're a fan of the Eagles, why not? So I'm just going to preview a little bit for next week. 
next week's games. And it definitely starts Thursday night. And then we'll jump into fantasy and I'll recap what happened in Chuko, Chuko Boys Fantasy League and the FFF. So next week, we're going to start off with Thursday night football. Uh, the Jaguars visit the Bengals. The 0-3 Jaguars face Cincinnati. Again, if you have fantasy implications or if you're a fan of the team, you're going to tune in, but it's not a very sexy Thursday night game. I do believe the Bengals should dispatch the Jaguars. Jaguars will fall to 0-4. Bengals improve to 3-1. So definitely something to, to watch out there. We have the Tennessee Titans traveling to the New York Jets. The Titans, of course, with that strong victory, they improved to 2-1, the Jets 0-3, and the Jets, just like the Jaguars, will remain win winless after week four. The Titans should defeat the Jets. This is an interesting game. Andy Reid come back, comes back to Philadelphia. The Chiefs travel to Philadelphia, and they face the Eagles. An interesting game nonetheless. I do, I do believe the Chiefs should walk away with this game. It's not going to be a gimme game. It's going to be close, but the Chiefs should handle the Philadelphia Eagles. We now go to the Panthers and the Cowboys, a very good game in the makings. We still do not know what the record will land on the Cowboys after tonight, but they're currently at one and one. Carolina's undefeated. I have strong faith in Dallas handling or giving Carolina its first loss of the season. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's health is still up in the air. Dallas has a very potent offense, and it might be a shootout, but I do believe the Cowboys handle it. And they perhaps improve to three and one, depending, depending on what happens in tonight's game. And Carolina takes its first L of the season. Oh boy, those New York Giants, they're going to travel to the Caesar Superdome. Caesar Superdome, we're still not sure if uh, New Orleans perhaps is going to open up after the hurricane. Uh, but nonetheless, the winless Giants travel to the Saints, whether it be in New Orleans or in Jacksonville. Uh, I do feel that the, the Saints should handle this one. They're playing really good defensively. They're probably going to limit a lot offensively what the Giants can do, the pedestrian offense of the Giants. So the Giants should walk away with this victory. We now go to the Browns and the Vikings. The Browns traveling to Minnesota and facing uh, the Browns sitting at 2-1, the Vikings at 1-2. I strongly feel that this could be an upset perhaps. I don't know what the, what the over-under is in this game, but I do believe the Vikings handle the Browns in a very close game. Vikings should come away with this victory. And we mentioned it a little bit. <clears throat> the winless Lions face the one and two Bears. I'm taking the Lions on this game. I think the Lions have played really hard for, for Campbell, the coaching staff, and they've done great things. And I definitely think they should walk away with it. They lost a heartbreak this week against the Ravens in a 66-yard field goal. Ridiculous. I do feel the Lions should handle the, the Chicago Bears. Texans travel to Buffalo. <clears throat> Buffalo should walk away with this victory. Again, it's not an easy game to handle here, but Buffalo should, should come away with this and improve to 3-1 and one for the season, and Texans fall to 1-4. and four. The Colts and the Dolphins, wow. The, the Colts travel to Miami to face the Miami Dolphins. I do believe the Dolphins should should walk away with this one. It's going to be another close game. Uh, we unaware of Carson Wentz's health, but even with Carson Wentz there, there's not a lot perhaps going on. Uh, and we shall see how this goes. So I, I'm picking the Dolphins to, to walk away with the victory over the Colts, and the Colts go to 0-4. 
We go to the next game. Washington football team goes to Atlanta. Washington football team faces the Atlanta Falcons, who just walked away with the first victory versus New York. This is a toss-up game, too, a 50-50 game, definitely. Uh, I do have perhaps confidence that offensively, Atlanta wasn't able to do much against the Giants. Maybe this is a wake-up call, but I do believe Washington walks away with this victory visiting Atlanta. A big, big NFC West game looming here. Actually, two of them. Seattle travels to San Francisco. Seattle reeling at one and two. San Francisco coming away from that uh, tough loss at home versus the Green Bay Packers on the last second field goal that we talked about. Man, these games are always crazy. Uh, I feel that San Francisco will walk away with this victory and they should they should handle Seattle, although it's going to be a very nip and tuck game. Speaking of the NFC West, battle of undefeateds. Cardinals travel to SoFi to face the Rams. That's going to be a great matchup. This is a 50-50 game. I do believe that the Rams have a little bit more, not offensive power because the Cardinals obviously have Kyler Murray and they're playing terrific. I think the Rams have enough defensively. Although the Cardinals have been playing really good defense, I do believe the Rams walk away with this victory and they improve to 4-0 and the Cardinals take the first L of the season. Steelers and Packers. Steelers, uh, 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 an aging Big Ben travels to Lambeau to face the Green Bay Packers. I, I feel the Packers take a walk away with this victory. Rodgers gets more confident, has a throwing out party, and they should be able to handle the Steelers. Another terrific game that has it in the makings here, the Ravens versus the Broncos. Terrific matchup. The undefeated Broncos and the Baltimore Ravens. This is not going to be a gimme game either. This is going to be a very close game. I do feel that Lamar has enough uh, to perhaps offset that terrific defense of the Broncos and the Ravens walk away with his victory at, at uh, Empower Field at Mile High, and they give the Broncos their first L. The Sunday night game. Wow. Tom Brady goes back home to Foxborough. The Buccaneers face the Patriots. I think this game's going to get really ugly. I think the Buccaneers defeat the New England Patriots in a very horrible fashion and bears Bill Belichick and national TV. Buccaneers handle the Patriots. And we wrap up with week four Monday night football game. Wow. The Chargers, the Raiders travel to SoFi in LA to face the, the two-in-one Chargers. This is, this is a tough game to call, guys. You guys know that I'm a Raider fan near and dear to my heart. So is Yanko. Chargers always play hard. Uh, last year, the, the game was split. Justin Herbert is a is is in the, in the come up. I'm not sure exactly what happens here, but I have to take my Raiders. I have to take the Raiders. The Raiders defeat the Chargers. The Raiders remain undefeated, and the Chargers uh, go to two and two. And the Raiders take a quote unquote commanding lead on the AFC West for now. So those are the games, guys. Those are the games for Week Four. That was kind of my my take on who's going to walk away with a victory. Just a few quick fantasy takes, although Yanko mentioned it a little bit. I just got to say that I'm extremely surprised, not surprised, more so taken by, for fantasy purposes, how the quote-unquote RB2 or the second running back has really, really contributed immensely to a lot of these teams' uh, backfields. What do I mean by that? We saw Tony Pollard 
uh, what how he outperformed Ezekiel Elliott. In no way, shape, or form am I saying that Tony Pollard is a better player than Ezekiel Elliott. But we got to see there that it seems that it's more there's more explosiveness coming out from Tony Pollard than there is from Zeke. So something definitely to watch out for. Another example of what I can, I can give you is James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is a terrific player. Uh, James Conner is, is from Pittsburgh, uh, you know, now in Arizona, and he's taken away the touches in the red zone. He scored two touchdowns, and James Conner definitely proving his uh, fantasy worthiness. The Colts, there's not much positive to distract from the Colts, but Neon Hines has a strong performance this year, opposed to Jonathan Taylor, who is the, the workforce back. Uh, Neon Hines, again, a, a two down, three down, a second, third string player, but he's definitely showing up and he's definitely playing, playing really good. Uh, crazy, right? Another example, the Browns backfield, Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt outperformed Chubb in, in for fantasy this last week. And again, we start to see how that second, that second player, quote unquote, that is pencil in as a, as a second string is definitely coming up. And a lot of these teams have a very balanced backfield, right? It's very rare instance where there's a true work for a workhorse back, but we start to see that one, two punch start to arise a little. And, and, and that was kind of my takeaway. And of course, uh, Yanko mentioned a little bit, Josh Gordon's, uh, is scheduled to sign with Kansas city. I have nothing. There's no issue that I have with this. All I got to say is I do not know. I do not know why the NFL is so hellbent in featuring Josh Gordon, why they keep giving this guy second or third opportunities. I have nothing against Josh Gordon. Unfortunately, I just don't see, I don't think the talent is there enough to garner giving him another opportunity. He's had opportunities time and time again, and he's always suspended because of course he likes to smoke weed, the substance abuse and blah, 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 blah. So the chiefs give him another shot. We'll see how this unfolds. It may be a perfect situation for him. Andy Reid has taken flyers on players like that, but it is what it is. For fantasy, I, I really do not. The, the Chiefs were already loaded, so I don't see how what else Josh Gordon can contribute to that. But nonetheless, so those were the takeaways, guys, from this week's games. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, from this week's slate of games. Definitely a bunch of stuff to 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 cover to get through. Monday night is looming. So now let's jump in uh, again. If you're listening to this, uh, kind of how I did last week, this is where if you want to tune in, by all means, tune in. We're going to be talking now about uh, fantasy football, the fantasy football leagues that we're a part of. And um, it's definitely interesting. We first begin with, with, uh, with, uh, I went blank again, with the Chuko Boys. The Chugo Boys Fantasy uh, League, definitely crazy, crazy, crazy week. We first begin with uh, the 0-2 Neon Ninjas facing the 2-0 America's Big D team. And it was crazy. It was crazy. Neon, Neon Ninjas has currently right now three players still pending for tonight's matchup. And they have already walked away with a victory. They scored 115 to 111, a very close game. Uh, America's Big D had Josh Allen, who, again, did, had a terrific fantasy game, 37 points for him. Derrick Henry had a Derrick Henry game. Uh, Keenan Allen showed up, but Sterling Shepard was, was uh, knocked out of the field early, and that cost them. Robert Tanyan didn't do much. 
and the Buccaneers defense just got shellacked and only gave him one point. James Conner was sitting in the bench for him, and so was Jamar Chase, but it is what it is. Neon Ninjas walks away with this one, and he still has three players. Uh, Devontae Adams had a, a terrific, terrific game for him. He showed up, and he gave him 31 points. So definitely a, a coming out party. Justin Herbert did the same thing as well. And uh, Justin Tucker with that 66-yard field goal, I'm sure Lewis is feeling pretty good about himself. So again, the Neon Ninjas walk away with the victory and they take the first victory and they handle America's big D team and they give America's big team, big D team, the first L of the season. Another crazy game that we had too was healthy dynamic one and one facing the red hot blazing Colts at two and zero. We saw the blazing Colts again, a strong performance but not so much. Juju Smith-Schuster was knocked out of the game. Robert Gronkowski came back to earth. Joe Mixon also. Uh, although Aaron Jones had a very serviceable performance, Kamara did as well. And Patrick Mahomes was Patrick Mahomes, but it wasn't enough. Healthy, dynamic, handle, can handle. All that they need is three points. Let's, make, let's call it four. Four points from tonight's performance for Zeke from Zeke in order to give him the victory. Strong performance again by Brandon Cooks. Travis Kelsey and Mr. A-Rod from last night's performance. So all healthy dynamic needs in order to handle or to give Blazing Colts his first L is four points for tonight's game against the, the Blazing Colts. So currently the score sits 109 to 112, and we shall see how that unfolds. But it seems that Freddie has this on the back, unless, of course, Zeke goes down with an injury, which we don't wish that. This game has concluded already. <clears throat> the one and one Los Osos faced the 0 and two Poppies, the winless Poppies. Well, not anymore. The Poppies scored 130, and the Osos couldn't even break 100 points. Although he started Matthew Stafford, a bunch of injuries ravaged or injuries ravaged this team. AJ Brown was knocked out of the game, um, and Leonard Fournette, no bueno. So anytime you have, if you probably have stock in the Buccaneers. Uh, backfield, it, it's not going, it's not going too well for you. The Poppies had a terrific performance from Mr. Brady, and Mr. Brady and and Andrews Andrews finally showed up, and the Cardinals defense gave him twenty one points. Wow! The Poppies take their first victory of this young season. They improve to one and two. Los Osos falls to one and two. And now we go to another game that already has wrapped up. The Apex Predators, last year's uh, champs, uh, face against SF Dad. Predators sitting at one and one, SF Dad one and one as well. But Apex Predators walks away with this victory. Uh, terrific addition to Manny's team, adding Madison. Madison had a, a terrific game, and George Kittle did too. And that's kind of what got him over the hump. And he dispatches SF Dad 110 to 101 we now proceed with another matchup that it still shows that it has not concluded but it seems that it's already a wrap mean machine at one and one faces los chicharitos one and one Mean machine currently right now is sitting at 129 points and los chicharitos at 126 however los chicharitos has dak prescott left to play tonight and greg the legs are lined so it seems that this is a wrap again, unless an injury happens, very doubly so. 
but it seems those Chicharitos would improve or will improve to two and one. And Mean Machine falls to one and two. And although uh, Mean Machine had finally a breakout performance from Mr. James Robinson and that Christian McCaffrey injury, it sucks. He does have Cooper Cup. He had another terrific game. He started the Broncos defense, but in the end, it was not enough because those Chicharitos had Mike Williams at the helm, Najee Harris. Gibson had a very serviceable performance, Chris Godwin, and he still has Dak. So those Chicharitos, more than likely, it's all but not confirmed yet, but we'll walk away with this victory. And we wrap up Los Chuco Boys with a matchup that is a matchup for the ages. <laughs> not really, guys. Los Piratones, yours truly. O and two facing the Chicagones two and O. So this game is crazy guys. Currently Los Piratones is winning 83 to 81, but here's the kicker. Los Piratones has Tony Pollard and Gainwell, the running back from Philadelphia and Chicagones has Amari Cooper. What's going to happen? Definitely want to tune into tonight's Monday night football game. Strong performance from Justin Jefferson. He was coming out party for this year, had 26, uh, 26 points. Derek Carr, a great addition, uh, 21 points. And Carlson, again, with a terrific performance. And as far as Chicago and DK Metcalf, uh, had a great, great, uh, great outing at 22 points. And Saquon Barkley finally produced for Chicago and gave him 21 points. So this is going to be a nail-biter, I will say. And I did tell Princesita, the commissioner that I was going to give him his first L of the season. And I stand by that. Los Piratones prediction takes the first W and handles or gives the first L of the season to Chicagones. So Piratones, in my opinion, takes the victory. So that was for Chuco. Uh, <clears throat> now we proceed with the FFF. Uh, a crazy week of football. Uh, a lot of games already on the wraps and let's begin with the 50 tours versus hall of lame the 50 tours currently are sitting at one and one and hall of lame one and one the 50 tours uh, scored 130 points hall of lame is at 59 they basically need 70 points from tonight's performance because hall of lame still has dak prescott and cd lamb not an impossible but Basically, all that Dak Prescott does, he must throw to CeeDee Lamb. So he's, again, he's down by 70 points. He needs to have like a 40-burger from CeeDee and a 30-pointer from, from uh, Dak. It's not an impossible, but it seems that the 50 tours should walk away with this victory and improve to 2-1 and one and Hall of Lame falling to 1-2. and two. Christian McCaffrey injury happened for Hall of Lame. That's definitely ouch town population you, bro. We go to another game that seems that is already a wrap. Uh, Máquina de Fuego at 1-1 one one versus the 0-2 Fly Eagles Fly. The current score is 102-67. to 67. Máquina de Fuego has Greg the legs are line left. And Fly Eagles Fly has pretty much the kicker, Jake Elliott, the defense, the Philadelphia defense, and linebacker and Singleton. Let's not forget that the FFF, you do start a defensive player. So it seems that this game is already a wrap. Maquina de Fuego should improve to 2-1. and one, And Fly Eagles Fly fall to 0-3. Ouch, Devin. This game is already a wrap. Healthy dynamic 
the 0-2 healthy dynamic versus the 2-0 Bear Force 1. And this game, this game, my friends, is already a wrap. Healthy Dynamic uh, beats Bear Force 1, 127 to 114. A terrific game as well. It was back and forth a lot. Uh, underperformance uh, by Tyree Kill and TJ Hawkinson too. Not enough. So Healthy Dynamic improves to 1-2. and two, And Bear Force 1 gets their first L of the season. We now go to Los Osos at 1-1 one and, one, and Los Mireyes at 2-0. Mr. Havan undefeated. The current score right now is 107 to 91. Los Osos is leading here. And Los Mireyes has <laughs> three players left. They have Ezekiel Elliott, they have Miles Sanders, and they have Amari Cooper. So it seems that Los Mireyes can easily dispatch that 16-point cushion. Crazy things do happen in the league again. I find it very hard to believe but it seems that Los Mireyes will improve to 3-0 and and Los Osos fall to 1-2. and A game that is on the wraps already. We were going back and forth in our chat, in the, in the WhatsApp chat with last night's game. COVID-49 at 0-2 faced the 1-1 Austin Whitebeards. And COVID-49 walks away with the victory from a terrific performance by one Devontae Adams. It was funny because Austin Whitebeards was trying to decipher what would happen if there was a tie and it came down to the decimal point. Well, let your mind to rest, my friend, because that won't happen. COVID-49 gets their first victory of the season uh, and defeats Austin Whitebeards again, 129 to 122. Austin Whitebeards falls to one and two and COVID-49 improves to one and two. We go to the next matchup. Uh, Gronky Kong, the 2-0 Gronky Kong faced the 1-1 Alley Lambs. And wow, this was a stomping. This was the biggest deficit thus far. Well, it's to say what happens with Hall of Lame uh, and that 70-point deficit. But currently, Gronky Kong is winning 145-97. to And Gronky Kong still has Tony Pollard. And Alley Lambs has Watkins, a wide receiver from the Eagles left. Uh, LA Lamb started Philip Lindsay and uh, Philip Lindsay couldn't deliver, only giving him half a point. It wasn't enough, obviously. Uh, Gronky Kong had started Chris Godwin, of course, had Justin Tucker, has Justin Jefferson, Eckler, and Mr. Josh Allen. So, a very, very uh, heavy team, Gronky Kong. Gronky Kong will improve to 3 and 0, and LA Lamb will fall to 1 and 2. We go now to Los Chicharitos at one and one and Team Yanko at one and one. This was a nip and tuck game. Uh, Yanko did mention that he was pretty upset. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, right? He was uh, divided whether to start Matthew Stafford or Derek Carr. He opted to start Derek Carr. Derek Carr delivered. He gave him 23 points, but Matthew Stafford had a much better performance at 29 points. Now, why do I say that? Because this game's a wrap. Los Chicharitos scored 127, and Team Yanko scored 122. So, yes, of course, hypothetically, if you would have flopped the quarterbacks, Yanko would have walked away with a victory. But, again, a coulda, woulda, shoulda does not exist here. Los Chicharitos improves to 2-1. and one. Team Yanko falls to 1-2. and two. And strong performance from Najee Harris catching a lot out of the backfield. Although he did start A.J. Brown, 
And Joku gave him zero points, los chicharitos. But still, that wasn't uh, that wasn't needed because he had even a strong performance from his kicker, Bad McManus, who gave him 16 points. Crosby gave 17 points to Yanko, but again, it wasn't enough. So a heartbreaking loss for Yanko. Goes to one and two. And we wrap up with the game that is already pretty much set. Master Deflator, last year's champ, yours truly, at one and one, facing Sadie's Goats at one and one. Crazy game, too. We're going back and forth in the chat. Uh, Mr. Sadie's Goats had a sermon playing last night, and that late touchdown was crazy. However, I had Jimmy Garoppolo, and that late touchdown to Kyle Juszczyk was beautiful. So the game's already a wrap. I end up scoring 116 points. CD's Goats, 113. And yours truly still has Mr. Gainwell uh, to start at Philadelphia tonight. So definitely a, a good victory. A Cooper Cup went off uh, for Master Deflator at 30 points. Uh, and everybody else kind of tr- contributed in their own way. Mr. Fred Warner, too, helped close the the. The lot at six and a half points. I was really rooting for. I had my pom poms on for the 49ers last night, and and definitely they came through for me. So, Master Deflator improves to two and one, and CDs goats to one and two. So that was the the matchup, uh, the recap on the FFF on Chuko guys. Uh, again, appreciate you tuning in. We shall see what what happens, what unfolds for next week. We're figuring out how to how to kind of go about that. Of course, because um, uh, the Raiders are playing Monday night. And I really don't know how that's going to work. I already have told Yinko that uh, I have this thing, of course, right? That uh, when Raiders play Monday night, that's it. I, 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 don't, I don't do simultaneous like I'm sure a lot of you guys would do. Uh, but it was, it was good. We want to build continuity again. Uh, we'll see what we figure out for next week. Uh, possibly doing a Sunday edition of the pod and recap some of those matches going on. Uh, but definitely, if you have questions, hit us up in the in the in the WhatsApp page or in the Marco Polo of Chucos. Uh, it was a it was a good good week. We shall see how this unfolds. More stuff for next week. Hopefully, the band is together. Yanko and I will we'll probably be back to touch base with all the action that's happening. Fantasy news, have fantasy implications. Which teams will remain undefeated? Let's not forget about that. The Rams currently are undefeated. The Broncos are currently undefeated. The Carolina Panthers are undefeated. The Raiders are undefeated. Who will remain undefeated by next week? Well, we shall find out. Till next time, guys. Thank you again for joining. We shall remain in conversation. Hit us up again for any questions you guys might have. And until next time, this was The Josh Show. Peace.